the problem is, and previous governors of Texas and, and uh, the whole policy of Texas for the last 10, 15 years has just been win, 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 and let's add more. It became sort of energy policy by press release because it was a virtue signal in a way. The question is how much wind, how reliable, and wind and solar are proven what we call, instead of renewable energy, we're calling unreliables. So the middle ground is to use an all of the above energy strategy when it makes sense, but I'm not sure it makes sense to use uh, wind windmills in the winter time when uh, you're dealing with record cold. And the real problem here is what they want to do nationally is expand this. So 4% of our energy, a little less, 3.8% in the U.S., comes from solar and wind combined. Solar, 1%, wind about 3%. And 80-plus percent come from fossil fuels. So the Green New Deal and the Biden administration, they want to get that less than 4% and convert it to replace the 80% and somewhere in you know, less than 20 years, 10 years, 12 right. years, 15 years, depending on what plan. That's Mike Morano, head of the Climate Depot, explaining why Texas is in the dark right now. And soon the whole country will be because Joe Biden has put us on a collision course with a Texas-like outcome. What we'll actually really see faster is rolling blackouts in the summer. And an unreliable grid with energy costs skyrocketing, pollution increasing, not decreasing, increasing. And on top of all of that, a kneecapped economy. Advantage who? China. Let me start with explaining really simply why Texas is in the dark right now. Their hypocrite governor, yes, he's a Republican, Greg Abbott, just last month, this moron accepted an award Boy, he's going to rue the day he did this. Yep, for being a green energy guru. More wind, more wind, more wind, he said. Gotta have more wind. Yeah, but those turbines only run 40% of the time. What you going to do about the other 60, sir? And they don't run so well when it gets cold. And when it gets really cold, they don't run at all. Well, the left has preferred to just ignore this. Ditto with Congress. And that's what happened in Texas. The Wall Street Journal reports they subsidize wind energy to bring it equal to the cost of natural gas and coal and oil and all that. And then they subsidize it some more so it's lower than the cost of natural gas, oil, coal, and the like. So what happens? Well, the folks who supply the energy to the grid for Texas, the big conglomerates that buy, they go with the cheapest energy. Well, that's wind. It's so darn cheap. And they buy it up. And... They just disregard the fact that 60% of the time the mills don't turn. And so then in the richest spot on earth for natural gas, the natural gas plants, the ones that serve the locals, begin to shut down in Texas because the wind is being artificially subsidized so that that energy source is lower than the cost of natural gas. And for those of you who understand this, you know, I'm simplifying this to explain the level of the national disaster we are headed into right now if we copy Texas. So Abbott knows darn well, Governor Abbott, what caused this. And he's out there, I want an investigation, moron. You took credit for this a month ago. You did this. Don't pretend something went wrong you couldn't have foreseen. Oh, don't get me started. Don't get me started. So I want to paint you a picture of what our future looks like and what caused this. Let's start by debunking the first myth here. The media is pointing out, whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, the natural gas lines froze too. It wasn't just the windmills in Texas. By the way, a mother and daughter in Houston died in their car, in their garage, trying to stay warm 
overnight, just so you know. The little girl was eight. Let's keep going with the headlines. This is just from the last 24 hours in Texas. CO poisoning and house fire kill six near Houston as residents try to stay warm. Woman and eight-year-old girl die of carbon monoxide poisoning at home. That was the car one. Here's another one. Family gassed to death while trying to keep warm in running car during power cut. I'll have a death total update for you in a couple of days. Rest assured, though, the left doesn't care about dead people. They never have. If they did, they wouldn't carry on with this energy policy. Okay, so let's get back to debunking the first myth. Well, the, but the, the natural gas lines froze. Yes, they did. Had they been running, they wouldn't have frozen. But in that part, those parts of Texas, natural gas is the backup power supply, not the main one. So the lines weren't running and the natural gra- gas froze over. Mark Morano of Climate Depot explains. Now, people on the other side here are claiming, well, the fossil fuel plants, some of them froze up as well. The problem is the oil and gas were offline. And then once you had the wind panels freeze up, they had to bring those from offline. You had to start up diesel generators, start up all kinds of things because they weren't running. It wasn't designed to be a fossil fuel grid because they were doing so many mandates with the wind, uh, wind, wind panel, windmills, that this is what this is what ended up happening. So they scrambled to try to get the fossil fuels online. They had some problems with that as backup. Had they originally come into this winter storm with the fossil fuels running, they would not have had the blackouts, all indications are, and even the governor's confirming. So why were the gas lines shut down? Well, the grid mainly in those parts of Texas depends on wind. In fact, they've had a fast shift. This is why you've never seen this happen in Texas before. Here's what's happened over the last decade. Coal's share of Texas's electricity was cut by half in the last decade to just 18% now. Wind's share, because of the federal subsidies, tripled to about 25% again over the last decade since 2010. I'm reading from the Wall Street Journal, by the way. And accounted for 42% of power last week before the freeze set in. So now natural gas is the backup. But with so many states upping their percentage of their grid that depends on, on solar and wind, they depend more on natural gas. So what happens when everybody needs natural gas as a backup? Prices skyrocket. You're like, wait, Tara, are you telling me? Yeah, I'm telling you. For the privilege of sitting in the dark, Texans are going to absolutely freak when they see their next electric bill. Because they're going to be like, it was dark. (laughs) Don't matter. Still got to pay. Enormous new demand for the natural gas, which is offline. If it's online all the time, the prices are stable. If it stays offline, it's not produced a lot. What happens with scarcity? Yeah, things cost more. Listen to the spike. Enormous new demands coupled with constrained supply caused natural gas spot prices to spike to nearly $600 per million British thermal units in the central U.S., up from 3 bucks a couple weeks ago. Up from $3 to 600 now. Future wholesale power prices in Texas for the early week, early in the week, soared to 9000 bucks per megawatt hour from a seasonal average of $25. 25 bucks to $9,000. Only the federal government could screw something up that badly. So what's the plan? Joe Biden wants to go from 42% in Texas to 100% renewables by 2035. That should terrify you. That means no natural gas backup no matter how much it costs. In Friday's podcast, Lights Out, I explain how this plan will work. It is truly bizarre and very simple once you understand it. It's 
simply to just transition to renewables. Even though wind power doesn't work 60% of the time, the blades don't turn. And guess what? If there's no energy, the lights just go out because we don't have the technology, the batteries to store the energy. So the plan is to create absolute demand, total panic, misery, and and yes, in these cases, death, in order to motivate some guy somewhere to develop the battery. And there'll be federal subsidies too. Well, what if we don't make it by 2035? Oh, well. What if it wrecks our manufacturing sector? What's left of it? Oh, well. That literally, folks, is the plan. Except in smart places like China and Mexico. You seen what they've done over the last week? Mexico's watching this mess. And their Marxist, soft Marxist leader, Manuel Lopez Lopez Obrador, self-described soft Marxist, announced he was reopening Mexico's coal plants because the country could not depend on America anymore for energy, but also because coal was so cheap, it would allow them to get a leg up on us in energy production. And because think about it, we've competed with Mexico for a long time for manufacturing. That's been going on for a while. So look, they're smart. Trump's gone. And the way we were able to counter the low wages of a Mexico and a China was with cheap energy. If we're not going to have cheap energy anymore, what do you do if you want to be the manufacturing powerhouse you know, of, of next decade? You reopen the coal plants. Guess who else is reopening the coal plants? According to the Wall Street Journal, that would be China. They still have to import it, which was always our upper hand in manufacturing. They have slave labor, labor and cheap wages, but we always had locally produced energy that was cheap. They have to import theirs. But coal is still super cheap and even more cheap now because the demand for it's gone down. So what's China doing? Well, coal currently accounts for 60% of China's energy. Keep in mind, they don't put any of these clean energy filters on like we do. They super pollute. Well, seeing what the U.S. is doing, China now has some 250 gigawatts of coal-fired plants under development. That's enough to power all of Germany. Unlike Democrats in the U.S., the Wall Street Journal writes, Chinese leaders understand that fossil fuels are needed to support intermittent renewables. So bottom line, folks, we strangle our economy. Families die for lack of heat. Energy costs skyrocket. And what do we get? Exactly nowhere. Combating greenhouse gases. Because China is firing up the plants with the coal. So we're not going to build anything. They're anticipating that we will kneecap our own manufacturing and preparing the coal capacity to do it. So with China you know, polluting like they do, we're not even going to save the planet. It's insane. Here, if you need another source, John Kerry, Joe Biden's climate czar, said this two weeks ago while announcing the loss of the 11,000 jobs. He's not a guy with a soft touch. These guys are crying in their beer over their lost pipeline jobs. And Kerry casually says, after the part where he tells them to learn to install solar panels, that all these loss of jobs and the whole transition to the renewable energy economy won't make one iota of difference, not one bit, to the climate. Again, this is Biden's climate czar two weeks ago. Almost 90% of all of the planet's emissions, global emissions, come from outside of U.S. borders. We could go to zero tomorrow, and the problem isn't solved. But that's exactly their plan. 
to go to zero. How's that going to end? We actually have a pretty good idea. Climate scientist Bjorn Lomberg explained that Texas is exactly what will happen to the country, except the rolling blackouts will be a regular and permanent feature, even when the weather isn't extreme. It does tell us the very hard point that we're going to have to face if we want to switch over to 100% renewable. Remember, that's mostly going to be wind and solar. And when the sun is not shining or the wind is not blowing, you're up creek. You really have to have backup power for most of what you're trying to achieve. And that means much higher cost. And of course, that also means when it's really bad, like it is in Texas right now, you have to have rolling blackouts. You basically have to have worse outcomes for higher costs. Most people don't want that. How much higher costs are we talking about? And how risky is this to the economy? Well, we have a place we can go for an answer. Germany. They're on the same path as Texas. Germany generates about 35% of its energy from wind. Go much higher and their economy will be in dire peril. Says who? Says the big international consulting giant McKinsey. They specialize in energy use. They recently published a report that found that Germany's energy transition to renewables poses a significant threat to the nation's economy and energy supply. In fact, it was published in Germany's biggest newspaper. I think it's called D-Walt, D-Walt, Die-Walt. Anyway, big mainstream media newspaper. They summarized the findings of the Kinsey report that, hey, if Germany wants to go above 35% renewables, how would that be? Quote, disastrous, unquote. Quote, problems are manifesting in all three dimensions of the energy industry triangle in Germany. Climate protection, the security of supply, and economic efficiency. McKinsey warned this because right now, the growing insecurity of the German energy supply is backed up, is fixed by the fact that Germany buys energy from its neighbors, Belgium and Netherlands. But they're shutting down their baseload capacity of coal plants in the Netherlands and nuclear plants in Belgium. So soon, Germany's not going to have a backup at any price. Neither of these other places. They're going to have to get it from someone else. As the McKinsey consultants warned, warn Germany may not be able to meet economic demand with electricity imports anymore. In the medium term, there's a risk that there will not be enough supply capacity for the in, in the entire European network. And still they plunge on. It's insane. So what is Germany forced to do? Now, I've got to keep the lights on. They've turned to biomass burning. That's dirtier than coal. They end up buying that energy or doing it themselves. So, wait, they're polluting more? Yeah, this isn't about, folks. If you think this is about a clean planet, you are seriously lost. It's a left-wing plan to destroy the economy and control all energy. That's what this is. You can't look at this any other way. And so, for the privilege of... Destroying the manufacturing part of the German economy, being dirtier, what are Germans paying for this? They've paid dearly, according to Forbes. German electricity consumers face electricity prices 45% above the European average. That's our future, folks. And the thing is, Joe Biden doesn't have to do much that's radical to bring it about. Congress just needs to keep feeding wind and solar subsidies to these producers. And the states, even red ones, will make a transition that dooms their economies and, in some cases, their lives. 
But what about those batteries? I mean, maybe we will have them by 2035. Yeah, about that. What does the big international energy consultant McKinsey say? They figure we will have invented them by 2030. But there's a few things you should know about these batteries. They forecast that by 2030, just five years before Joe Biden intends to go completely renewable, that's wind and solar with the whole grid, by 2030, the whole world will have 741,000 megawatt hours worth of battery capacity. How much is that? Enough to power 1% of the state of Minnesota. That's it? That's it. The whole world. Well, what will this cost? Glad you asked. About $185 billion to build. Or, you know, two-thirds of the state of Minnesota's GDP. To produce 1% of its energy needs. Is anybody else doing the math here? Folks, this is our national energy policy. I kid you not. We'll wrap with this from Bjorn Lornberg. He's a climate scientist. He believes man-made global warming or climate change is real. He just doesn't think it's quite the extent that the media has exaggerated it to. What does he think about this scheme? The batteries, the transition to 100% renewables. Here he is, folks. Right now, the U.S. has uh, uh, so battery storage for about 14 seconds of its energy use. So no, we don't know how to do that. And you can't just do that for like an hour. You can't even just do it for a day. You need it for weeks and possibly even you know seasons. So yes, in the far off future, it could be one of the solutions, but that's not where we are any clo- any anytime uh, soon. 14 seconds. So you're saying if it was sunny 14 seconds ago, you might have power. But after the, that fact, we don't have the capacity to save it. So you need something that has staying power to use during moments like this if your wind turbines are frozen. And that is going to be fossil fuels. We need better ways forward. Maybe rich countries like the U.S. are willing to say, yes, we'll pay much more for our electricity and accept some rolling blackouts. But most countries can't afford to do that around the world. And so what we really need is to have much cheaper green energy if we're going to manage to switch over uh, to renewables or non-CO2 emitting uh, uh, energy sources. That could be nuclear, that could be fusion, a lot of other uh, opportunities. But the fundamental point here is it's about innovation. It's not about switching when we don't have the technologies ready. You heard him. Green energy, straight talk. Green energy, and by the way, the guy's a liberal, is going to mean high energy prices, rolling blackouts, and he didn't say this, but an absolutely wrecked economy, particularly for manufacturing. It's going to mean we just can't build things. And we certainly can't compete with China and build things affordably, not when they are mass importing coal and are tripling their coal imports. They're simply preparing to do the manufacturing we won't be doing. That's a smart move. Wish we were still smart that way. Thank you for listening to today's Battleground podcast. Please subscribe and share with like-minded friends and family everywhere. Battleground America with Tara Servatius. Please subscribe on radio.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Be sure to share with your friends and family. Thank you for listening.